Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Cutscene Saga, the podcast where we dissect and discuss the stories of video games. We're kind of like a book club. Each month, we choose a new game and gather some friends to talk about it. So this month, we're talking about one of my favorite games of all time, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And I'm joined by three guests in the studio today. So to my left, we have... Uh, Brittany Hetherington. Hi, Brittany. To Brittany's left, we have... Uh, we have Chanstar. Welcome, Chanstar. I also have a last name, but, you know... <laughs> That's right. It's Anderson, but... <laughs> you don't have to give it. It's fine. Nah. And to Chanstar's left, we have... Kel. Welcome, Kel. <laughs> Hello. I'm really excited to have three people on today. I think we're going to have some good discussions. It's going to get heated, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. It already I mean, got heated before we even turned the microphone. I was on. about to say, like, we didn't even start and we were already, like, having arguments. You, you should have hit record mid-argument and got oh, all yeah. that juicy stuff with have. no context. Yeah. I'm already giving aggressive non-verbals to Kel, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get started on our heated argument, uh, we're just going to get to know you three a little bit. So we'll start with Britt to my left. So Britt, mm. what is your all-time favourite video game? Um, I like uh, long walks on the beach, um, <laughs> et cetera. Uh, probably my favourite is Age of Empires uh, Conquerors just because I played it for so many hours with my father as a kid. Uh, now that there's the online version too, the younger sibling component of please play with me has now been finally sated, so very excited. Um, that and I'm quite keen on arcade games like Pac-Man, um, Played lots of Guild Wars, Resident Evil 4 and Mario Kart because I remember smashing a bunch of uh, only all boys at a party and feeling very successful as a woman. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, you're the first person to say a sort of a, like a, a real-time strategy game is the favourite game. But, I, like, I really loved Age of Empires as well. Like, that was a really good um, – like, I learned a lot of history from that game. I – there was a component where you can bring up the actual score as you play the game online to see how you're tracking with everyone else. And so it's mm. very much a second by second and complete use of my anxiety of like, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> my parents were right. Um, so yeah. That's Good. why I don't do online gaming. <laughs> oh. in, in terms of actually learning history, I don't, I think it very much just went over my head. I was like, oh, elephants, uh, Persians. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> um, I, I learned more about architecture because I'm like, oh, the Chinese make their houses like this, but the Mayans make their houses uh, like yeah. this. Mm. They're both barracks, but this one's slightly different. <laughs> What about you, Chanster? What's your favorite game? Oh, my favorite game, I wanted to say this was hard, but easily Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, oh, very nice. No question. Uh, I'm a big collectathon man, and so why wouldn't I like the best collectathon there is? Uh, otherwise, you know, Resident Evil 4 and Zelda yes. Majora Mask are probably the other two games that I've played the most. Yep. But Banjo-Kazooie, I can literally pick up any time, play it, love it, put it down, come back in a couple of months. Were you were you a fan of the the reboot? Uh, you mean ukulele? 
No, no, there, there was a Banjo-Kazooie on Xbox. Oh, nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. God damn. Well, clearly <laughs> I forgot about it. I never finished it. I, it was fun, but it wasn't Banjo-Kazooie. Right. Uh, Banjo-Tooie, which I like, but I don't love. I keep trying to play it, but I can't just play through the whole game like I do with Kazooie. Uh, it's, yeah, nuts and bolts I played for a little bit. And it's right. a fun little, it's like a Lego car builder game. That's fun. Not Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, Ukulele cool. was also fine, which yeah. was created by the same creators of Banjo-Kazooie. They all left Rareware because Rareware is just making Xbox crap now. And yeah, they 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 made not Banjo-Kazooie using the same font and the same jokes about. <laughs> Similar uh, to, but legally distinct from Banjo-Kazooie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was not as good as Banjo-Kazooie, but it's still the best we've had in years because the Hat in Time hasn't released on Xbone in Australia yet. Why not? I don't know. But literally, you go to the website for the hat and time and it's like everywhere in the world, it's available on all consoles. And then it's like Australia, not available on Xbone. Suck it. Oh, well, that sucks. Yes. I have it on PC, so. Yeah, I, my PCs for work, for editing. Uh, I, fair I enough. I don't want to sully it with video games. Yeah. That's what my Xbone is for. It's pure. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Kel? Favorite oh, game? Look, I'm just, I'm perhaps the most obnoxious type of gamer because I'm not only a complete Nintendo tragic, which is to say if the word Nintendo is on the box, I'm going to buy it, even if it is just cardboard nonsense. Um, so all of the 3D Mario games, um, Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda game, so probably that. But not only am I a Nintendo tragic, I'm also just like the most pretentious indie gamer. So like games like Proteus, where you just walk around a pretty forest and some music plays, or Kentucky Route Zero, which is about the cost of healthcare in America. So really just <laughs> two ends of the spectrum for me. Both of them are the sorts of places that you find assholes. Can so. I just say that that sounds like the most depressing game of all time. <laughs> well, somehow Majora's Mask manages to still be more depressing. Mm-hmm. We will um, definitely be getting to that this month. Yeah. Can you imagine how hard Majora's Mask would be if it had a whole subplot about the healthcare in America? Because, oh, I would not survive. Doesn't it? Oh, am I, surely <laughs> I mean, it does. I, I would be really keen for like an in-depth socialist reading of Majora's Mask. Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll set up another podcast for that, I think. I'm just um, wanting to point out that much like when you have a job interview and they say, what's your favourite place to buy things? You've both gone, oh, Majora's Mask. <laughs> you sucker. I really like it. I don't know what to tell you, Brit. <laughs> to be fair, there's like, there's probably a reason why yeah. I invited you three onto this yeah. podcast today. <laughs> so, okay, my second question. Brit. Yes. What game story affected you the most and why? Um... On the whole, in terms of just general plot twists and turns and incorporation of like graphics, I was a big fan of Bioshock. Mm, um, good I know that's very much a generic go-to, but obviously for a good reason. Um, secondly, probably Counter-Strike because I found out from a second party what my mother had been up to and uh, my family's still recovering from the scandal. You know, where they say your mother has done this, etc. <laughs> over the microphone. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So you just really confused been, me for a little while okay. there. It's been very that eye-opening. A, that was a great joke. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That had so many that, layers. That was oh. me in the Shiraz last night. <laughs> <laughs> like Brittany. You've outdone yourself this time. <laughs> I was like, what has your mother been doing in Counter-Strike of all things? <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's okay. But yeah, no, definitely Bioshock in terms of actual general plot. Yeah. And Chanster? Um, I would say... Walking Dead episode one uh, or no Wolf Among Us. You know what? Screw it. Wolf Among Us. If just because episode two never came out. So <laughs> yep. I'm forever left on a cliffhanger. 
Yeah, that was a good game. Oh, so good. Yeah. As, uh, as we mentioned back in our Walking Dead episode, we we spend quite a bit of time on Wolf Among Us as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, understandable. Yeah. And Cal? Look, <laughs> the game that when I played it, the story sucked me in and sort of grabbed me the most is I'm Afraid Bioshock Infinite, which on subsequent playthroughs, I have some pretty significant ideological problems with that game. And also it is not a good game um, by any metric. Uh, when you play it again, you're like, oh, wow, this is like the pacing of this is abysmal. But for some reason, the first time I played that game, I was like, oh, in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, I really liked... Um, I didn't write it down on my phone and my memory is terrible. It was the one about the children next to the beach. Uh, they were going oh, Oxen Free. No, no. They were going to a school together. Uh, there were lesbians in it. Uh, life, uh, life, is, life, life is strange. strange. That really got me. That, yeah. that got me. Yeah. Did you choose Bay or Bay? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty, no, no. That's like the no, ultimate no, question, no, Bay no, or Bay. I chose, I chose to be with my, with my gay lover, I believe. Oh. Wow, you sacrifice a whole town. Yeah, that's that Brutal. is my, my personal homosexual yeah. agenda. <laughs> yeah, fair. Should have always known it was to destroy a little town that's yeah. by the beach. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so those two were probably for me. Yeah, I've um I've just been playing the third episode of Life is Strange two, and that fucked me up good. Is it good? Because I haven't I haven't touched it yet. The th- like it's 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 been good in general so far, but the third episode is just like. It's all, you're in this like tiny little like super queer hippie commune hanging out with these people and like just falling in love with them. And then like obviously awful shit happens. Mm. And it just, it really got me, really got me. Yeah. Recommend. Those games are profoundly gay and I'm they are. 100% here for it. Yeah. What's yeah. the overall objective? I don't think I'm actually familiar with that one. The gay agenda. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please break it life, down for Life me. is strange. Um, yeah. They're very much like storytelling exercises. There's mm. nothing like... There's no sort of there's no not, real strong gameplay on yeah, it. Not no, as such. It's really, just a lot of you don't shoot, you don't talking yeah. to people and being gay yeah. on the beach. <laughs> yeah. So in, in, in the first one, you find out that you have the ability to rewind time and that kind of oh. translates to a gameplay mechanic, which is like it's a really cool um connection between the gameplay mechanic and the story element. So you can make a decision in the game and then rewind it oh, okay. and see what happens if you made the other decision. Future adventure type. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah. Um, Groovy. But then in this, it's, it's really strange playing the second one because I'm so used to that rewind mechanic in this world and mm. then I don't have that anymore. And so I keep making decisions being like, wait, no shit, I should have been more considered in that decision. <laughs> because maybe that was their whole plan. They were like, maybe. let's create this element for the first game just to fuck with every player in the second game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely working. <laughs> Accountability for your actions help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Every, everything I've actually done in life has led up to this moment and I have no one to blame but yep. myself. <laughs> <laughs> so for my final question. Oh, Brit. Drum roll. What made you want to play and now talk about Majora's Mask? Uh, it's actually partially stemming from uh, when I was a kid, uh, I used to play it in the store and we weren't obviously uh, wealthy enough to have all of the games accessible to us, but my brother loves Zelda games and he wanted to obviously grasp a hold of Majora's Mask, except he couldn't for years because it scared the fuck out of me <laughs> as a kid. Um, the Deku mask, I think is what got me like the endless oh, stare. Yeah. 
the hole in the mouth. I was just traumatized <laughs> by bad nightmares, etc. My sister so, had the same thing when I was yeah. playing it. She was like, I can't watch this. This is terrifying. Yeah. And I was actually able to pick it up when I was an, an adult. I think back when it was on the Wii and also the 3DS when it was um, having that really cool handheld um, component. And I realized it was actually a fantastic game, but I, it was, and I was uh, drawn to it. But I thought this would be almost even a form of therapy. Uh, finally being able to unpack um, the trauma. So I'm very excited to share my trauma with you. Oh, good. Today. I genuinely thought this was just going to be, you're doing it to spite your brother. <laughs> yeah, he knows so much about this. Guess what, Kyle? Do you know other people? No. <laughs> Suck it. No, anyway. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic game. So I, when I actually finally was able to appreciate it for what it was and the darkness um, within, then um, yeah. I had a fabulous time. So Yeah. Chancer? Uh, so this was the first game that me and my brother bought together. We both like build our money of mowing lawns so we could finally get Majora's Mask. I completely forgot that I also played it in the store before it yes. came out. And that terrified me because you're on that three-day loop. And because when we we're playing in the store, we had no idea what was really going on. Mm. The world ends up ending. <laughs> And I feel terrible. <laughs> and I was like, what did I just do? No. Uh, but yeah, uh, I played it a lot when I was younger with my brother. My brother played it a lot more than me. There's only two save slots compared to the three in Ocarina of Time. And uh, once my brother ended up finishing it, we never played it again. So I just really ended up watching the second half of the game, my brother playing it. I didn't get to play it fully through until it came out on the Wii. Uh, which I loved, by the way. And then, of course, I was pushing for it to be on 3DS because I loved the Ocarina of Time remake. Got on in 3DS and I've played through that several times. I'm playing through it again now just for this. And also because I love depression. Yeah, good. Good answer. <laughs> Kel? I mean, for me as well, it's like a deeply nostalgic game. Mm. Uh, I was perhaps slightly too young when my brothers were playing Ocarina of Time. So by the time they got around to Majora's Mask, it was the game that I was like watching them play and just, you know, it was the game that I wanted to watch them play. And it wasn't until <clears throat> years later that I played it as well. But also, I mean, I think the main reason I'm here is that a kind of therapy as well in the sense that like my poor long suffering friends never hear the end of me talking about this video game. And so this is a way for me to perhaps like give them a brief reprieve for like, a month or two and then I'll go back to just talking about it all the time. <laughs> Excellent. Get it out of my system. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're getting it out of your system onto a microphone. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I can benefit from it. <laughs> you can always just send these episodes to your friends uh, so they can listen to it on repeat. That's true. They can catch up on what they've missed for the next month or two. Yeah. <laughs> all the thoughts I had about this video game for the next month. <laughs> so... We're going to be talking about all the different aspects of this game over the next few weeks. Um, but for today, we're talking about the setting. So, like, what is this setting? So we were talking about this just before we started recording. Um, again, for some reason, I decided it would be a good idea to talk when the microphones weren't on. Great um, idea. <laughs> but like Chancellor, you were saying there's this whole idea of like, this is, this is like purgatory for Link. Yeah. Uh, so this was something I read when I was younger and I just always assumed this was fact. And then you, you said it's kind of in this, the Zelda encyclopedia, which I never ended up reading. Yeah. Like uh, the encyclopedia, I was just seeing it this morning. Apparently in the encyclopedia, it says that like when Link leaves Termina, the like Termina just ceases to exist. Is, is this the Hyrule Historia? Uh, I can't remember. It just, it was, you know, you know, when you're on the wiki as you do yeah. on the video game wiki and it had the, 
the reference oh. note and it yeah. said encyclopedia. Well, yeah. Once the the historian came out, it like cleared up a whole lot of things. Is there two timelines? Is there three? Yeah. Is I have a copy three? of it. I should have brought it with me. I thought should've. it was like yeah. a parallel world to Hyrule and mm. he was almost like after defeating Ganondorf able to kind of come back and relive his childhood was the idea yeah. that I had, but... Uh, I know he, the setup of the story is the fact that he's looking for Navi because yeah. Navi leaves at the end and he wants his best friend back. So he goes to find it. He ends up getting lost in the Lost Woods because he's not with a fairy. And as I understood, this was him in purgatory accepting death. Yeah, good grief. Yeah. I think, I think uh, just as a, a quick side note on the he's looking for Navi thing, it is hilarious to me that... Link as a character is like, I want Navi back. Whereas most people playing Ocarina of Time are like, I want her away from me. Hey, I want listen. her to go away and leave me alone and never speak to me again. We're going to get into it uh, when we get to characters, but how much better is Tattle? Right. Like, oh, God, Absolutely. I love Tattle. Like a sassy fairy. I think, yeah. I think perhaps the fact that there is so much ambiguity around that and the mm. fact that there are, that all of these readings are valid mm. yeah. is perhaps one of the reasons that this game has as much like is as ripe for discussion and is mm. as sort of amazing it is it, as it is because mm. unlike Ocarina of Time which I'm just going to spend this podcast shitting all over that game <laughs> make that abundantly clear that game is so clearly this is a fantasy story yeah. about fantasy people in a fantasy world whereas this game it's like purgatory uh it could be something else. Like yeah. it's so mysterious and bizarre that it could really, you know, there are so many different ways you can interpret it. Impact yeah. on the actual gamer itself. Mm. Well, th this is one of the few stories in Zelda that aren't based in Hyrule. I can yeah. only think of two because I can't remember. Is Ocarina of Ages and Seasons based in Hyrule? No, they're based in another place, the name of which I can't recall right now. Yeah, Something that's not as cool as Terminal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll yeah, just breeze past it. It doesn't matter. The only one I can either, th either think of is Link's Awakening, was, which was based on that little island that ends up disappearing after Link leaves it. Yeah. It's like in the world of Zelda, only Hyrule exists <laughs> and wherever uh, Phantom Hourglass is set, west yeah. of Hyrule. Yeah. And I mean, even when like when you look at the geography of Termina, it's this mm. completely unreal, yeah. like based on the on the quadrants, uh, the compass rows. Like these, um, it's like someone got a map and drew lines on it and was like, "Here, this is where this is. This is where this is." Reminded me of. Um, the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard oh, yeah. of Oz world, like Oz has that same thing of like here in the north is this land, here in the south is this land, and there's these like very clear delineations between the different biomes. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's also very clear in Clocktown itself. Mm. You've got North Clocktown, East Clocktown, South and West, yep. and they they all have their exits out to Terminar, and each, you know, quadrant of Terminar field is its own little place. Yeah. And then it extends from there into, you know, Mountain place and water place. I can't remember any. Great Bay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, the, the set clock town itself is such a, um, there's so much life to it. And I mean, the, the, the thing that's difficult in talking about this game in sort of discrete chunks is that it's all very interwoven, but like mm. as a place, Termina is, and clock town and all of these places feel much more bustling and alive mm. than they do in Ocarina of Time, but also just in Zelda games in general. And I mean, yeah. part of that is because of the three-day situation. Yeah. The fact that there are, all of the characters have stuff to do at all the t all times. The schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think as well, there is just something 
And this is such a cop out. <laughs> there is just something. <laughs> Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, right. There is some sort of uh, Nintendo magic about <laughs> this location, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And in a way that very few other Nintendo games feel as well. There is very much, this is a beautiful fantasy land, but there is always that sort of undercurrent of sadness underneath Mm. all of it. The music in the third day always gets me. Because Clocktown's music is really upbeat and fun, and then there's just this low, bassy boom. It turns into this kind of, there's like panic in the third Mm. day. which I re- like that really got to me that kind of feeling of this fever pitch of yeah. like the world is ending, but we're kind of just going on with our lives. Like yeah. let's pretend this isn't happening. And, and you know, let's shit on Ocarina of Time again. In Ocarina of Time, there's kind of a similar idea when you become an adult and you go around and the world's kind of the same, but fucked up, mm. but it never felt like the third yeah. day in Termina. Yeah. Mm. Termina, terminal death. <laughs> Boom. And that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, a correct interpretation. Stop the recording. We're <laughs> yeah, done. We are done. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I think although uh, Hyrule and almost every version of Hyrule is technically larger on a 3D scale, because this has the fourth dimension of time and time being so relevant that you've got first day, second, first night, second day, second night, and specific things happen on specific days. Yeah, that really like makes it feel more robust and more thought out and more purposeful. Yeah. And of course, most of the locations, um, like the, the different towns you can go to the, the Goron town and the Mm -hmm. Zora town have like different versions of the town, depending on whether you've beaten the temple or not. Like if you've Mm -hmm. saved everything and everything's great, then, you know, like the, the frozen mountain town thaws out and everyone's happy again. Yeah. But then you only get to enjoy that for that. Like, little bit of the last day that you have left before you have to reset and it gets fucked up again. The first time I played through this when I was a kid, I would keep on going back into Feening Goat at the very start of the first day, just so I could always bring that town back. <laughs> because Aww. although the Zora, Zora Temple doesn't, uh, sorry, Great Bay really doesn't change physically very much, except for, you know, your girlfriend gets happy, even though I didn't save her eggs this time. Why are you so oh. happy? Uh, but the Deku place and specifically Mountain Village changes so much. I'm like, I just need it to be good again. <laughs> Please yeah. be good again. <laughs> yeah. Also, and Goat was an easy boss. So, And there's, you know, there's certain things you can only do once the towns are saved. But, and yeah. the, you know, it's, it's this, this repeating idea of you having to save places and that being completely futile because they're going to get screwed up again. And this, like, every single location you go to has this exact same repeating pattern. Yeah. Mm. I kind of wish that in the last time you play, you wouldn't be able to defeat the boss unless you go through and fix each place. You know, you do, you do the perfect groundhog yeah. day. <laughs> you go through and you fix every single place and then you go defeat Skull Kid. But instead, mm. as soon as you have all, all, all the masks, you just go, all right, girl, let's skip to the third day and let's kill some Skull Kid. Mm. Yeah. Just out for himself. I thought it was um interesting that similar to like today's modern age, the world was inundated with like pollutants um, mm. and uh, global effects of global warming in terms of like the water <laughs> getting hotter in the Great Bay uh, and they've sent a child to go out and try and fix it because <laughs> no one else fucking wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You've gotten into something that's deep because like the- What the, was in that Shiraz? <laughs> <laughs> the swamp was all poisoned. Yeah. Uh, you know, nuclear winter up in the north. <laughs> I can never remember what's going on in Stone Temple that you actually like fix. Ghosts. 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 Yeah. yeah. The undead. 
So yeah, just yeah. send a kid out because no one else will. Mm-hmm. This game got too real, guys. <laughs> I thought it was real beforehand, but oh. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's a they're, they're talking about like sending a kid out. There's there's mm. a really interesting relationship in this game with youth and like the concept of youth. Mm. You see yeah. it in like yeah. Cafe, yeah. who's mm. been cursed to be a child. Like you see it in the. Um, I think the Deku princess, she's a kid and the Zora, she's a young woman. You know, there's this, um, it's almost like they're the only people who kind of really see what's going on and all the adults are kind of deluding themselves about the end of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. One of the things you, one of the, one of the prompt questions you gave us was how is this world the same as ours? And I just immediately wrote the word bureaucracy. (laughs) There's that terrific scene in the, um, in the like the, uh, the mayor's, mayor's office, the mayor's yeah. office where yeah. they're just having this completely futile argument about whether or not, because I mean, for context, there's this festival happening that happens every year, and this year they're talking about whether or not they should do it because there's a giant fucking moon that's about to with a big scary face on it that's about to smash into the town and kill everyone and they're saying well we have to do the festival we have to still do the festival of time because and they're just having this argument back and forth while the mayor sits there sort of like pathetically not knowing what to do and it just yeah just yeah. Again, on the topic of global warming that was like that, that sort of is is reminiscent of that um but one thing i was one thing i, I love about this game and one thing i'd be interested to hear about from you guys is my, like my favorite thing about Majora's Mask is the details, mm. and like what what are the locations that you really like? Because for me, there are so many like iconic, amazing locations in this mm. game. Like I think about like the Astral Observatory. Yep. I think about the Laundry Pool, like the back of the Curiosity yep. Shop. All of these like really cool places that when I think about them, I get all like like that you know i just can't help but be like what are, what what was some of the places that you remember from oh definitely the astral observatory yeah, yeah. on one of the big ones there i think i still um, remember the first time i went there i was just in awe yeah i was like what is this place what and like the and a similar vein the music box house up in mm. Ikana canyon yeah um, those sort of yeah those very kind of ridiculous over the top um but yeah like you say just tiny little locations tiny little yeah. details you go um, to the astral observatory like you only really need to go there like two or three times yeah. from memory, but yeah. I go there like sometimes I just go there to be there. Yeah. <laughs> just hang out with the music and the weird old man. And if we're following Brit's global warming mm. reading, he is the scientist. He's the he is a climate scientist who's sitting on the hill who's like, Well, there's no point because no one's listening to me. Oh well, may as just what may as well just watch the moon destroy the earth. <laughs> I just like chilling next to the Song of Storms, dude. Oh, yeah. Like it's just a nice, good vibe. <laughs> um, I'll just sit there endlessly. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Uh, going inside the curiosity shop, just how sleazy the guy is behind the table. Mm. It, oh, I just love it. There, there are so many great locations yeah. in town, and they're always just little slithers. Going into the uh, hotel, the first time I went around the back, you go into like, where she's cooking and then there's the toilet, which is just the hand, shit the hand over the all the walls. Yeah. The hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time itself. in the hotel. I yeah. really, really liked that location. Yeah. Um, and cafes uh, and, and Angela's, is it? Andrew. Andrew. Uh, their whole storyline, the locations that place mm-hmm. takes you when you go into the room with the um, moon mask, I think it was. It's beautiful and it's just a sliver. Yeah, just that, yeah. it's just a tiny little bit. It legitimately has nothing to do with the game, but it's just this bit that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I thought another good uh, reference to day-to-day life was that it gives unrealistic expectations for a deadline, so much like an <laughs> assignment. You've got three days to sort this shit. Uh, you can't do the assignment the night before, yep. otherwise the world will end. Yeah, you, um, you, you literally have to use magic to get everything done. Yeah, and we just don't have that accessible in day-to-day life, so, you know... <laughs> Britt, your reading of this game is literal genius. Again, yeah. I, my, I'm unpacking my trauma and it's a delight to be able to share that with somebody when they can't actually leave the room because they are bound. <laughs> um, it is true. We are stuck here. We're tied to the tables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just going to share this um, share this recording with Britt's therapist and yes, make sure yes. that everything gets, gets sorted there. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> That three-day cycle really does. This time when I was playing through and I tried to do all of Great Bay in one day, I got through the entire temple and I had six minutes left to beat the boss. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. (laughs) I'll have to restart, go through the whole temple again. But I went through the whole temple going, I can do this. Come on. I've got 12 hours. I can do this. Ah, oh, it's real stressful. I am such an angry gamer too. Like mm. I will swear every single word under the sun and my like my family will not know what's going on in that room as I just scream into the abyss. Yeah. Um <laughs> as if the timer finally does reach zero and I've I have to And the moon crashes uh, down. In like a really horrifying sequence. Like mm, that moon oh. falling into the town. The, the people music. of the land get release and I do not, because I must relive <laughs> it again. <laughs> I, I do still have nightmares about that scene when I saw it in a goddamn shopping center when I was younger. Cause it's just, it, you just see you all alone in whiteness and then the wave yeah. of heat. Oh. What would it have been? Big W? Can we sue Big W? I, th- <laughs> I think it was JB Hi-Fi or ah, one of those sort okay. of stores. Cool. Mm-hmm. Two strongly, strongly worded letter. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I was 10, <laughs> all of my relationships past and present are now a result of Pinchora's masks. <laughs> we all wear masks. Some this of them like- are fucking Deku shrub. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's clay because it's good this to keep like good skin. Our generation's equivalent of Bambi, right? Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we all went in thinking, oh, this will be like the Ocarina of Time, a lovely, <laughs> a lovely jaunt through a fantasy world. And it was actually like a fucked up meditation on how we're all going to die. <laughs> Inside the clock tower, underneath the clock tower where the mask yes. salesman is, uh, the first entryway into that place, that that is- Oh, with the, like the twisty yeah. corridor and the, yeah. Well, hell, even before you enter Terminal, when you find the dead Deku shrub that turns out to be the butler's <gasps> yeah, right? goddamn son. No. What was the, it's why? Morning. Why was that there? Because uh, Skull Kid clearly stole the, yeah. the butler's son- and, and put so it you into can be you. a mask. It's horrifying. Yeah, I think I think when you speak to Tattle, it's like it talks about how he's his face looks like fear mixed with something, and fear mixed oh with grief. God. And I'm like, oh Jesus, come on, yeah. Just, yeah. It's like his ghost outfit forever too, because he's stuck with that face. Yeah, you know when you die and that's your outfit. Yeah, yeah. The one you've yeah. chosen. Hell, it's looking bleak. <laughs> Excuse me. I love your shirt. I know this shirt is good. I'm, I'm attacking you because I feel fondness for you and I don't know how else to express it. If you die now, you'd look beautiful forever. We can only blame that on Majora's Mask. Yeah. Exactly. This behaviour all JB. stands back. If the moon crashed down today. 
Oh, speaking of memorable settings, the moon. Yeah, I just thought the same. The and tree in the moon. Like, what? What is that? The thing is that there are so many. There are many games you can go to the moon. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy and some of the other Mario games. But tell me a more unsettling vision of the moon than just this weird meadow with a big tree and yeah. small children. Right? Like, what were these? What la, were these la, Japanese people la, la, la. thinking while yes. four <laughs> children running in circles, having fun, and then one crying in the middle yeah. next to the... Oh, God and like, damn it. Then they trade you, like, all these masks, which are, like, the souls of the people you've encountered traded yeah. for this, like, the power to become a god. Mm. It's horrifying. Would you make the exchange? Uh, I, I did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I did, so... I mean, in day-to-day <laughs> life. But yeah, Have you beaten Majora not wearing that mask? It's hard. It is mm. very hard. Also, yeah. you can wear the fierce deity mask when you're fishing. Wait, what? I want, you, in the 3DS what? version, you can wear it when you're fishing and I want like, to be a sexy, sexy <laughs> long-haired link boy when I do my fishing. Is this a feature or a bug? I have no idea, but it is the truth. <laughs> How have I never Try known this? You should, I mean, I, it was on a video that I watched on YouTube last night, but so I haven't tested it myself. I also haven't actually played the 3DS version, mm. but my understanding is that you can, if you wish, because, I mean, the fishing in the 3DS version is pointless, right? Well, they, they added two new fishing spots because they really want you to fish in the 3DS version. Yeah, so, but you can be fish daddy while you do so. Do it they, gives me a reason to go to the fishing place now. That's mm. great. Do, mm. the, um, th- do you think the Zora are almost offended by the fact that you are fishing, though? Like, are they distant cousins? <laughs> It's <laughs> a good question because there's a lot of uh, in Ocarina of Time. I'm yeah. pretty sure you can buy a fish in the Zora store Cannibals. just in a bottle. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But is that any different from like humans eating pigs? Listen, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> this is like a I whole. Would say, I, would say, I would say it is different because yeah. we are not pigs, but Zoras are fish. I suppose by they their, are fish by their own admission. There, but fish. that, but that, but that's like we are both mammals. Pigs and humans are both mammals. Yeah, actually, that's why the podcast No Such Thing as a Fish is called No Such Thing as a Fish is because technically, scientifically, there is no such thing as a fish. Oh, so they're in the clear then? Yeah. Yeah, they're fine. Okay. Zoras are fine. Eat oh, whatever fine. the fuck you want. Yeah. Great. Eat yeah. your children. It's fine. I'm glad we cleared that up. Like a rat. Although, have, having said that, when you have the eggs and the he- eggs hatch, mm. those are pretty pretty fishy. Like, those don't look <laughs> like babies. Like, yeah, yeah, they're like... And she's like a single mother now, too, because isn't yeah. the mask derived from, like, from, her from lover? Dad, yeah. Unless you just wear the mask for the rest of your life, just so she can Honey, have... I'm home. <laughs> Which is a bleak thing to think about anyway, if we're yeah. talking about the idea of we all wear a mask. <laughs> to yes. be with the Zora lady, you must wear a mask for the yeah. rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, does she know that, like... That's a 10-year-old. Like, that's oh, not. no. No one seems to be aware. Even when you put the mask on right in front of them, they're like, oh, hey, you're here, Darmani. Yeah. And I was like, you saw me. I was a 10-year-old kid. Come on. I'm not your hero. Let I'm just them, wearing his face. Let them grieve. <laughs> but And then, like, when you're the Deku scrub, you're actually younger than, like, because they won't let you leave the town as a yeah. Deku scrub. And, yeah, I don't know. Where has Papa gone for so long again? <laughs> Although I will say with the Deku Shrub, that's the only time people don't physically remember you. It's only the butler's like, you kind of look like my son a lot. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But like but like the, the other mask, they actually believe you are that person. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And including like the long dead warrior Darmani. Yeah. I always assumed he had only died recently. Oh, has he? But because oh. the baby calls him Uncle Darmani. Oh, that's true. And I'm like, well, he's a baby that's unless true. he's been baby for a long time. I don't know yeah. the aging cycles of Gorons. Yeah. Could could take a while. Yeah. They exist okay. in Wind Waker, which means they've lived they, they live for a long time. 
they haven't they haven't evolved. Yeah, like the the Zoras turning Zora's turning into birds. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> I love Wind Waker, but I'm sorry when the world you know gets too much water. I don't think the fish are going to be like fuck. We need to fly away from this now. <laughs> also, there are Zora and birds in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so riddle really? me this, <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> What kind of sense does this make? I feel like Nintendo is just fucking with people who believe in evolution. They're like, oh yeah, no, of evolution. You know, Pokemon, <laughs> you evolve in seconds if you get to the right level. Fuck your science. <laughs> See, the, I have Birds this into whole, fish, but at the same time. I have this whole idea about, you know, like there's, like with the the Historica came out and everything and they got the timelines. Oh, yeah. Who cares? I know. I'm like, it, it's much better to look at these these different Zelda stories as like different versions of the same story. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I look at them. It's called the legend. Yeah. Zelda. Yeah. yeah. The legend is the main part of it. It's yeah. like, I, I, isn't it much, a much more interesting reading to be like, this is the same story, but like in this culture, they tell it this way. And clearly oh, in, exactly. a very, in, in, in a very sad culture, they tell it <laughs> the Majora's Mask way. <laughs> and like, and like you can see that particularly well with like Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess. They're the yeah. same story. Yeah. They're just. Oh, and Link to the past as well yeah. basically yeah but they're just told through like different lenses told in, in different styles and different, different and that ways. i mean that the art styles speak to that as well yeah. exactly the art style is like the, the big clue it's like in this one it's very bright and happy but in this one it's a weird techno western like twilight <laughs> princess yeah is it like him being reborn into places of need too because he's the continuous hero mm. figure mm. yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, they, t- they touch on that a lot in, in Wind Waker where it's like, mm. you know, you, yeah. dr- you dress in green on your birthday because like the hero you have come of age and then you just wear that outfit for the rest of the game. But to think that there is one consistent timeline. I mean, if that's uh, people and, uh, you know, I'll admit I've watched the Zelda Theory uh, YouTube videos. I've watched many <laughs> yeah, Zelda watched Theory so YouTube many. videos when I should be doing so many other things. <laughs> the idea of a Zelda timeline becomes uh, intoxicating to me when I have other work to do. <laughs> but the, uh, but like really, I think realistically it's fun to theorize, but like to think that there is a consistent authored Zelda timeline yeah. just makes no sense. No. Like, there's no yeah. way that there possibly could be that. It, it, it I feel like so the much- guys who wrote the historian were like, oh man, now we've got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people stop talking about, it. let's make it up now. Yeah. We clearly didn't have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so like twisted into place. Like, yeah. oh, but in, in the event that Ocarina of Time succeeded, then these things happened. But in the event that Ocarina of Time didn't succeed, then these things happened. It's just like, stop twisting it to be what you want it to be and just let them exist as yeah. separate entities. Yeah. Absolutely. I suppose another interesting note too is that there's various humanoids living in relative harmony and how do they do that? Yeah. They unpack that from Zelda as opposed to like, you know, different cultures day-to-day life. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. You say relative harmony. I have a feeling that in Ocarina of Time, didn't Gorons and Zoras really not get along or something? I'm going to uh, take that back. No, no, no. I, 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 I genuinely can't remember. <laughs> I but mean, I activated my trap card. Generally, the way they live in harmony is like segregation. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Certainly. There's your answer. <laughs> certainly in Clock Town, though, there are, mm. there's Dekus. Yeah. There's and Dekus there's and humans, Agoron. And there's Agoron. There's no Zoran. I mean, he's just, memory. he's just. Oh, no, yeah. There's the, yeah. the leader of the, the troop in the mayor's office. Yeah, exactly. The big, mm. big egg shaped guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yes. They can, they can live in harmony, but they can't th- escape the thrill of bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've, we've pretty much covered 
the setting really and like a whole bunch of other shit but like we've, <laughs> we've, we've got the setting down I think we've covered our own shit right yeah now. yeah <laughs> the trauma has started to emerge I'm sure it will only emerge more in the f- next few weeks <laughs> um, but yeah so I think we'll wrap up there for today and we'll come back next week and um, continue our discussion so thank you Brit, Chancellor, and Kel, thank you for coming in and talking about this game. Don't mention it ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we're going to do the same thing next week. So uh, after the four weeks are up, let's just never bring this up again. <laughs> who are Done you, people? Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what's happening. I, don't know. I just I just put up an ad on Craigslist for people who wanted to unpack the Majora's Mask trauma, and <laughs> <laughs> these three responded. So we will go our separate ways. Well, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to catch up with us you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at cutscene saga if you want to speak to us at length you can email us cutscene saga at gmail.com thank you to our three guests and thank you as always to zane c weber and that's not canon productions our fantastic production team and we will see you next week when we're going to continue talking about zelda we'll see you then Bye. bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.